No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah speaks of the Lord's suffering servant. He is despised and rejected by men. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He bore the iniquity of us all. But he is assigned a portion with the great. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 52 on Simply the Bible. Today we come to perhaps the most important chapter in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. It's quoted or alluded to in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament chapter. Now, the Messianic interpretation of Isaiah 53 was held by Jewish rabbis until the 12th century. After that, Jewish scholars started interpreting the passage as a description of the sufferings of the nation of Israel. But how could Israel die for the sins of Israel? The suffering servant mentioned in Isaiah 53 is declared to be innocent of sin. How could this be said of Israel when the prophet said of Israel that she was stiff-necked, idolatrous, and disobedient? Clearly, Jesus Christ is the one person in history who could fulfill Isaiah 53. So let us tread carefully on this most holy ground. It actually begins at the end of Isaiah 52, verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. The first characteristic of the Lord's servant is that he deals prudently. That is with wisdom and understanding. Therefore, he shall be exalted and extolled very high. But he would not ascend these heights before first descending into the valley of suffering. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Many would be astonished at him. The Hebrew word literally means to be made desolate, devastated, or destitute. They would turn away from him in disgust when they saw his appearance being disfigured beyond any human resemblance. This occurred from the time that he was arrested until he died on the cross. He was beaten, flogged with the Roman scourge, which was a short whip made of leather thongs that were knotted with a number of small pieces of metal or bone, scourging, would immediately rip open the skin and many did not even survive the scourging. Then he was crowned with thorns and crucified, his hands and feet nailed to the cross. No wonder people were appalled at his appearance and turned away. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him for what had not been told them they shall see and what they had not heard they shall consider. In the Old Testament, the sprinkling of blood, water, and oil made a person ceremonially clean and accepted before God. With the sprinkling of Christ's blood, believers from all nations would be cleansed of their sins. When they see his humiliation and exaltation, kings 
shall shut their mouths at him. When the gospel is preached to them, their eyes shall be opened and they will be convicted of their sins. Chapter 53, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It is interesting that this chapter gives more details of the sufferings and exaltation of Christ than any other chapter in the Old Testament. And it was written 700 years before Christ was even born. Yet Isaiah says, who has believed our report? Despite the evidence of the prophetic word, many people still reject Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one whom God sent to be the offering for sin. The arm of the Lord being revealed speaks of his salvation. Now, of course, Jesus means Yahweh saves, and the Lord saves us through his only begotten Son. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground he has no form or comeliness, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus grew up as a tender plant, but at age 30 he began his ministry as a root out of dry ground. He came from the root of David, but was unattractive to men. He had no form or comeliness. He had no beauty that people should desire him. There was nothing special about him physically, but because of this, he could relate to every person and every person could relate to him. When we finally behold the face of Jesus, we should not expect to see someone handsome in appearance. People weren't attracted to his beauty here on earth, but to his goodness. And in the book of Revelation, John sees him before the throne appearing as a lamb who was slain, no doubt still bearing the marks of his crucifixion. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Though Jesus committed no sin and spent himself healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, and raising the dead, he was despised and rejected of men. When the chief priests and Pharisees rejected him, many others jumped on the bandwagon, shouting, Crucify him! And when he was crucified, even more people rejected him because they considered him to be cursed by God. F.B. Meyer said, Every age has connected misery with guilt, anguish with iniquity, and suffering with sin. Jesus has known the supreme sorrow of those whom he loves turning away from his embrace, their love growing cold, their souls poisoned by misunderstanding and misrepresentation, Jesus has suffered the grief of longing to gather his people as a mother hen gathers her brood, but they would not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Through his grief, he has borne our griefs. Through his sorrow, he has carried our sorrows, and yet many people have considered him to be stricken by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So who crucified Christ anyway? Was it the Jews or was it the Romans? No, it was all of us. He was wounded for all of our transgressions. Transgression is rebellion. That is to dare to cross the line that God has drawn. Iniquity refers to the crookedness of our own sinful nature. We are sinners by both choice and nature. But Jesus died for all of it. In the Old Testament, the system of atonement involved sinful men making peace with a holy God through the sacrifice of an animal. But Jesus sacrificed his own life for us. Not with the blood of bulls and goats do we have peace with God, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And by his stripes, our spiritual disease of sin is healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, sheep are just apt to go astray. They see a pleasant-looking tuft of grass, and off they go, away from the shepherd and into the danger zone where they can become lion chow. People also declare their independence from God and go their own way. Since we are so prone to wander, God has laid the iniquity of us all upon Christ. He is our sin bearer. He is the scapegoat who carries away our sins into the wilderness of no remembrance. Because he bore the punishment of our sins, when we believe in him, we are no longer condemned. But a person who does not believe in Jesus is condemned already because he is bearing his own sins. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. And he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. When he was accused of the chief priest in the house of Caiaphas, he said not a word. Later he went before Pilate. And Pilate marveled that with all of the accusations being hurled against him, Jesus spoke not a word. As a lamb is led to the slaughter, as the sheep before its shears is silent. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. In Daniel chapter 9, speaking of the Messiah, it says that he would be cut off, but not for his own sins. It was for our sins that he would be cut off from his generation. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. He had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. He was totally innocent, yet he was crucified between two criminals. And yet he was buried with the rich. Joseph of Arimathea took his own new tomb and put Jesus in it. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, 
He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He was put to grief because it was the only way that we could be forgiven of our sins and could inherit eternal life. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. That is, by us knowing him, he will justify many. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I honestly do not know how anybody can read these verses here in the end of Isaiah 52 and 53 and not believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one prophesied to suffer for our sins. And it is so essential that we would believe in him that our sins might be transferred from us onto him, that he received the punishment for our sins so that we could be justified before God and be accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. May God help us with great reverence and appreciation to give thanks for all that Jesus has done for us. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where Israel's husband is the Lord. She will forget the shame of her youth and be fruitful. Her covenant of peace will not be removed, but she will be glorious in the future. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.